For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hey guys, so what is Thrivehood, you might ask? Well, that's a good question. I'd say it's a relevant life roadmap for young men out there who want to thrive as they're maturing boldly into manhood. From the very serious to the silly, I chat about a wide variety of relatable topics that both challenge and motivate you to do what needs to be done now so you can become who you want to be later. I'm Tim Williams, and this is Thrivehood. KyleSmithson.com. I'd like for you to check that out. KyleSmithson.com. He is a, a producer. He's an executive. He's an actor. I, th- I know that he's done a number of films. He's also done a number of music videos. And he's an up-and-coming guy just trying to make a living and doing what he loves. What I also like about Kyle is that for about, I want to say maybe about seven or eight years earlier on in his life, he came up against some incredible obstacles, made some poor decisions, just really had some challenges and was really faced with what am I going to do? And, you know, I'm really looking at a very bleak future. But fortunately, he forged ahead. He pulled himself out of the struggles and the challenges that he found himself in. And he is now living a very full life. He's a guy that's really really trying to make some inroads into the film industry. And he's just sort of taking whatever comes his way and seeing where his life goes. But again, like I said, he's worked on a number of films. He's done a number of videos, I think music videos. He's also done some acting, as I said. And so I had a chance to catch up with Kyle in this two-part series. We'll actually have two episodes back-to-back with him. Asked him to share a little bit about his story and his life in this particular episode. And then next week, uh, we'll have an opportunity to see exactly what he's doing and what he's up to. Uh, just a quick note, we we did run into some recording issues, some some challenges with some of the recording. We had some dropouts and things. So just bear with us during this, these interviews. I think the internet was, was acting up during our time. So just bear with us in this. And again, Kyle Smithson, check out what he's up to. Any way you can support him, that would be great. And here we go. Kyle Smithson, how are you today? I am doing very well today. Today's been great, even though it's Monday. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're recording this on a Monday. My, well, actually, my episodes release on a Monday, so it doesn't matter what Monday. This will work out just fine. Nice. Did, you do anything, did you do anything interesting today? Um, so basically, my routine right now um, is kind of very strict because of a movie coming up. So I get up in the mornings. I have my protein shakes, um, all my supplements and all that stuff. And then I hit the gym um, usually in the morning for training. And then throughout the day, um, I'm eating 
And then in the afternoons, I'm doing cardio if I don't have any meetings um, and uh, <clears throat> places to go um, throughout the day. And if I do go around it and figure out the day, but mostly right now, um, training, um, eating um, and meetings. I like the eating one. Well, we'll I'll, I can just do that one. I think I can. Right. Well, I think I can hang with you if we just do the eating one. <laughs> I, I don't know if you'd like to eat what I eat right now. Usually it's chicken, broccoli, uh, asparagus, um, and protein shakes. <laughs> so, okay. okay. Two out of four. I could handle two out of four. <laughs> no, no, I actually like chicken. I've, I've become more of a chicken guy and I like actually broccoli, believe it or not. I, I, I actually do. Now, uh, what is it? Uh, oh gosh. What is it? Not asparagus. Brussels sprouts? Oh, my God. I can't handle Brussels sprouts, man. Those are I terrible. love Brussels sprouts. I love, well, if they're cooked correct um, and uh, crispy, they're usually pretty good. But uh, the funny thing is, so the movie that I'm up for right now, and we can kind of get into that later, but uh, um, how it was written was I was supposed to be this overweight guy um, that was lagging behind everybody and then uh, the director saw me and was like, oh, you're in great shape. We're going to change it. I was like, well, you could have just kept it um, as the overweight guy and I could have eaten McDonald's for the next <laughs> two months, but you know, it's fine. <clears throat> awesome. Absolutely. We'll jump into that. There's no question about that. So, well, you have got a very interesting story and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on today, Kyle. I, I really believe that especially early on and in, in even well, I guess we talked a little bit before this and you've, you've really had some struggles. You've had some challenges, uh, which who hasn't. And I, and I think, you know, in, in, if we were to pull down the, the fair scale, uh, everybody would be hacked off because everybody would think that's not fair, but life isn't fair. Things aren't fair. Everything isn't fair pretty much. So I, I would love to take a few minutes here and we can just sort of banter back and forth, if you will. And I'd love for you to share with the young guys a little bit about your story. That was something that was really drawn to. And then we'll talk a little bit about your career. Let's see kind of what you're up to, what you got your hands in and what you're doing right now. But maybe, and we talked about this, and maybe if you'll just sort of start off maybe wherever you want in your life early and just sort of monologue for a while, I might, I might just jump in here and there, but I, I think the boys would, could really appreciate what you have endured and to let them know, man, if Kyle can do it, <laughs> anybody can do it. So man, have at it. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to paint the picture of where I came from and how I grew up because a lot of times, you know, when people, um, you know, think of people that have had great lives, um, they don't think they ever have struggles, um, which is totally wrong. Um, I was actually adopted when I was six months old. Um, to a wonderful family. Um, I was an only child, um, only grandchild and only grandson. So I was uh, pretty much in the spotlight all the time. Um, I grew up in a place called Chapel Hill, Tennessee on a hundred acre cattle farm and just had a great childhood um, throughout elementary school, uh, middle school. I went to, started going to the web school, which was a private boarding school over in um, Bellbuckle, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, and again, um, just, uh, pretty much a perfect life. Um, and, uh, I didn't think anything, you know, could ever go wrong. Right. And then, um, once I graduated, um, I decided to, um, pursue my dreams of modeling. Um, I got to model in New York city for a little while, but that wasn't really my passion. My passion was really acting. Um, so I came back home and, uh, 
I actually met a um, wonderful uh, guy named Elliot Strait who was doing a movie um, in North Carolina. I had uh, gotten um, one of the co-starring roles in it. Um, and I thought, you know, I told my mom, I was like, I've made it, uh, you know, I'm a co-star in a big movie and everything's going to be wonderful. And, um, uh, it was, uh, we, um, were shooting in North Carolina and then, um, all of a sudden a few things happened. And, um, I told the, the director, I was like, you know what, why don't we go to make it in Tennessee? So this is when I got thrown into the producing world. I knew nothing about the producing world. Um, and we're going down I-40 back home. Um, and all of his, um, home is in a 26 foot box truck and the rest is in my Jeep. And I told this guy I could produce his movie. And I'm thinking to myself, I don't know how to produce a movie and I don't really have any money, but you know what? <laughs> I'm going to figure it out because yeah. that's what a producer is. Um, so I came home and, um, graciously my father helped out and, uh, we, uh, we made a feature film It never came out, but uh, it's still in little tapes, but, um, uh, I got a wonderful friendship out of it with Elliot and uh, we um, I got to learn how to produce a movie. And I was like, well, if I can produce uh, a movie here, I can do it in L.A. So I told my mom, I'm going to pack my bags. And I'm going to move to L.A. And they're like, OK, cool. Um, so I packed my bags up, got on a plane, uh, moved all the way to L.A. and uh, was in the city of angels. Um, so I thought, I, you know, um, what better place to, um, you know, make movies and, you know, help with my career. So I uh, hit the road running, produced another feature film uh, in probably about the month or two I got there. Um, so I was doing really well. Um, and then I kind of got into um, the, uh, the alcohol um, and the alcohol was um, kind of, you know, overcoming everything else. Um, you know, I would do, you know, things here and there, um, you know, extra work, um, bit pieces and things like that. But basically I just wanted to party, um, in LA and meet people and celebrities and all that stuff. And it wasn't until the second time, um, that I went into LA, I got into the drug scene and, um, got my, uh, second DUI, um, in, uh, LA, um, and had to go to rehab, um, in San Diego, um, for over a month. And luckily that rehab, um, made me quit the, the drug that I was doing, which was cocaine. Mm. Um, so hadn't, haven't touched that since, um, and will never, uh, ever touch it again. And, um, the biggest thing I can tell, um, somebody don't ever touch drugs or anything else, um, because it will kind of overcome, you know, your life and it, it's just a, you know, a bad thing. Luckily I, I was able to, um, get out of it, but my alcohol problem was still, um, was still there. So, um, this is probably around 2011 and, um, I get a call from my mom and my dad. Um, and again, you know, all I wanted to do was party and I never thought, you know, anything bad would happen. Um, you know, I was living the rock star movie star life and, um, not really thinking about anything else. And, um, my parents were helping me this whole time. And all of a sudden I get this call and my mom is, uh, at home, um, bedridden. So, I flew back home and um, tried to figure out what was going on. And they thought it was um, back spasms and things like that. But I was like, you know, she's losing weight. She's not really, you know, I think it's more than that. So they did more tests and it actually turned out that it was breast cancer that had metastasized into her whole body. Now um, at 20, I think this was 26, I, you know, had to deal with my mom being sick and um, the, the, the girl that I was dating, you know, we, she moved back and, um, we actually got married. And then all of a sudden my dad, um, gets diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So now I have a second parent, um, that is sick. And 
but you know, we were, we were still, um, figuring everything out. Um, and everything was still great. And, um, then my marriage, um, started kind of falling, falling away and, um, we got divorced in 2013. So I had to go through a big divorce and, you know, that was the first time ever, um, having to deal with that. And then all of a sudden now I have two parents that are sick and I'm going through a divorce and still drinking. Um, so back in 2014, I kind of went off the deep end. I, um, I went back into drinking heavily. Um, now I was taking Adderall and Vyvanse so I could drink more. And I got my third DUI and I actually had to go to, into jail for um, a month or so. Um, and that really kind of, uh, you know, opened my eyes because I'm, you know, in a cell, I'm in my bed and I'm thinking to my, myself, you know, I think I'm going to get out. But, you know, if I, ha- you know, keep having this problem, I'll probably go back in and, you know, some people don't get out um, and all you, they see is bars and, you know, the yard once, you know, one hour a day. So I get out and um, I'm not drinking as much because, um, you know, now I have a new girlfriend and then um, I get sued in 2016 from uh, from my family and um, then we break up and then um in 2016, um, a judge comes in and, uh, I get everything taken away. My power of attorney, everything. And I have two options. I can either get a day job and live with my mom, or I can go to jail for stealing my father's money. Um, and the judges in the court's eyes. Um, so I picked the first one because I didn't want to go back to jail. And I still didn't think I did anything because wrong. Cause you know, I'd lived a certain lifestyle my whole life. So in my eyes, I wasn't trying to hurt anybody or anything like that. I just, you know, had lived a certain lifestyle. Um, so in 2016, everything was um, taken away from me and I um, get a day job moving gun safes all over the Southeast, which was kind of a cool job. Um, I didn't know how many people um, have gun safes, um, especially in the Southeast, but <laughs> yeah. we have a lot of guns. So um, we need a lot of safe, <laughs> but um, really cool people. I, um, you know, met throughout the, throughout that time. And the, the company I worked for was awesome um, in the nick of time moving. And um, uh, you know, I th- things weren't great. Um, but you know, I was, I was um, dealing with it. Um, I was very humbled. Um, and I, you know, I didn't mind working hard and, you know, um, grinding and things like that because, you know, that's the cards I dealt, got dealt. So I had to deal with it. So in 2018, while I was on, um, away moving gun safe, I got a call stating that my mom, um, had either had a heart attack or, um, a stroke and passed away in our house. And, um, so now I had to deal with my mother dying. Um, and then I moved back uh, or I didn't move back. I, you know, came back and, um, I wasn't able to do that job anymore because it, in my mind, I wasn't in the right mindset of moving heavy, <laughs> heavy, um, objects. Um, right. but while, um, that was happening, um, I got a letter in the mail stating that they were going to sell my childhood estate. So I had 30 days to vacate my house. Um, and on January the 1st, 2019, um, I was homeless, broke and carless now, um, because now everything was taken away and I didn't have a job. Um, but luckily, um, I had a good, great friend, um, allow me to move in their house and I kind of, you know, got back on my feet and I got another job, um, cleaning, uh, the gym, um, a gym here in Franklin at night. And, um, so again, not the greatest, but again, I was back on my feet. I was bright. I was grinding and I knew that, you know, 
some, someday I was going to get back to where I wanted to get to. Um, so then COVID hit. So then, um, you know, kind of everything stopped. Um, right. and I kind of, I kind of, you know, sat down, um, reevaluated my life stating that, you know, this is everything that has happened, but that's in the past. So I can't worry about that. I can only worry about the present. Um, I can't even worry about the future. Um, the only thing you can really worry about is the present, um, because the past are just thoughts and the future are just thoughts. So at that time, um, everything was going pretty good. Um, I was on unemployment, but, um, you know, I was dealing, um, you know, like everybody else. Um, so then in 2020, my father passed away. It took about four months um, for probate to go through. And then finally, or luckily, because I would rather have my parents um, than anything else, but I, you know, got my inheritance. And then um, I was like, you know what, now, you know, seeing what had happened in the past, and, and I do admit, I, I was a, a spoiled brat. Um, and, you know, I had spent a lot of money on myself selfishly and, you know, just throwing it away. And I could have, I could have, uh, you know, invested it or, you know, dealt with it a different way. So now I said, I'm going to sit back, make sure that the money I do have now, I'm going to invest it in stuff that I really believe in and that will help me and others. Um, so about a year and a half ago, that's what I did. Um, I decided, and I'm still, I'm still that grinding person. Um, I never stopped. So, you know, the biggest thing I can um, let people know is networking, network anytime, every time you can um, meet people, talk to people, talk to everybody. It doesn't matter if they're the janitor or the CEO, you know, I talk to everybody and I treat everybody the same. And because of that, a lot of things opened up and um, in the past year and a half produced almost 20 music videos, I think. I've been in two feature films, one called No Vacancy that just came out a little while ago um, that uh, Kyle Saylor's directed, and it's amazing. And once we get to the, the movie part, I'll talk about that. But um, And then I'm up for four feature films now. Um, so even though I had to go through you know, that time period of you know, just in my mind um, at the time was just hell, um, there was always a light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, I, I do um, deal with depression. I do deal with, you know, thinking that nothing's, you know, right or, you know, things are going to fall apart again, but you can't really, you can't think like that. You know, again, you have to figure out and think in the present. Um, and right now the present's amazing. So, um, so uh, that's kind of, kind of my, you know, story in a nutshell um, of kind of where I came from to how I am now. I mean, there's more details, but I can't really, you know, in this time period, get into those, but, um, but that's, where I came from. Okay. Let me ask you this. What was it that said to you, Hey, I want to, I'm going to go down this road of, of drugs and alcohol. I have a very addictive personality. And I think the biggest thing, um, and I think it stems back to possibly being adopted and possibly not being wanted possibly in my head. That's not the case. Um, because again, um, you know, my mother at that time, um, you know, that's all probably she knew. And, you know, she thought that was the best for me. And I, again, I was adopted into a wonderful family, um, amazing family. My mom and dad were the most amazing parents ever. And um, I, uh, I, I think I didn't give them enough credit, but um, I, you know, it's kind of too late now, but hopefully they're watching from heaven and, you know, um, uh, you know, proud of what I'm doing now. But um, I think it's just being wanted, right? 
So, and a lot of times you're thinking that the only way to be cool or the only way to be wanted is, um, you know, to start doing drugs or, you know, the cool, the cool people are doing cocaine in LA or, you know, this and that and alcohol. And it seems nowadays everywhere you go, not drug wise, but everywhere you go, people drink, you know, alcohol is just a norm and, um, it probably will always be, but after, um, you know, getting off of drugs, 2010, 2014. And, um, the, um, now I got off, uh, those through rehab and then alcohol. Um, I did go to rehab for alcohol, but it didn't seem to work. But, um, the weekend that my father passed away was the last uh, weekend that I ever touched alcohol. Um, I haven't thought about it. I'm around it all the time now. And, uh, I either drink, um, a Dr. Pepper or a Red Bull or water. Um, so, and, um, but at that time it was, um, you know, the, the want wantingness, um, the, the, to be, you know, wanted in the cool crowd or, you know, things like that. But now, um, and everybody that knows me, um, I can be, you know, the life of the party without all that stuff. Um, you definitely don't have to, um, start that or do that to be cool. And I kind of want, you know, people to know that because I've done it over the last two and a half years. Um, and I, you know, not saying that I'm cool, but, you know, I'm just saying like, you know, you, you can be um, a part of groups and go out without, you know, having to be peer pressured or, you know, thinking that you need to do something to, you know, alter your, you know, state of mind. You had said that the act of your father passing away seemed to do something in you to say, I'm also done with alcohol. What, what, what was that all about? What, how did that come about? I really don't know. Um, something clicked in my brain. Um, it was like a epiphany really. I knew that, you know, all the, the years and all the, the time that I had wasted, you know, doing drugs and alcohol, um, something in my brain was like, Hey, if you keep going down this path, then something's going to happen. And, um, it was just, it was literally epiphany that I had that, um, I was like, I've got so much going on and I've got so much to show the world that, you know, because I, with alcohol, I would black out, I would black out all the time. And I was a very violent drunk. Um, and that wasn't good for anybody, um, me or anybody else. And luckily I never, you know, really hurt anybody or myself, but there were times that it could have been. And I just, um, said, you know, I can't do it. And, um, through the grace of God and, um, my willpower, I've, you know, done great. And I also have a great group of friends that, um, you know, support me anytime that, you know, I, I do, there was one, there's been one time, um, in the last two years that, um, I kind of got to the point of like, you know, if I go out, it was, uh, um, for some reason it was St. Patty's day this year. I was all ready. I had my outfit ready to go. I was ready to go party. Um, and something in my head, I was like, if I go out tonight, I might drink. So I stayed home and, uh, the, the next day I was, you know, cool. So, so yeah, hopefully that helps. This podcast is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed by guests are not necessarily those of the host. Please seek the advice of a trusted adult or qualified professional on matters specific to your needs. Thank you.